Next on BYU Sports Nation, a week of change. Seven days later, how everything has changed for BYU hoops. Or has it? Tell us how you really feel. Down goes St. Mary's in San Francisco Saturday. Does this mean BYU could be the two seed going into Vegas? Plus, a fantastic home schedule for BYU football approaches this season. What are our expectations for the Cougars in what we're calling the core four home games? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us on this Monday, January 28th. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Studio B set consultant and designer Jerem Jordan. Uh, I, w- I wish that was the case. That'd be great. Uh, but Matthew Delavadova is uh, upside down. His, uh, the Delhi Gnome is uh, how it should be, which is upside down, <laughs> because St. Mary's not only lost to Brigham on Thursday, but they lost to Pepperdine and OT. So that's a two-game losing streak for the Gales. It's been a rough week. Also, Alex Jensen, the voice of the Gales, our yeah. frenemy, the yeah. best thing the Gales have going for them, according to BYU Sports Nation, sent out a picture of him with St. Mary's face in Firestone Fieldhouse in yep. Malibu. Yep, that was a huge mistake, Alex. Then they lose, and he tweets, yeah, I'm, think- I'm thinking about getting rid of it now. No. Shred-, shred that baby. If I was him, I'd burn that baby, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do it in uh, the fire. Did we not Stone warn him? Did we not warn him? Yeah, you talked about Juju and whatnot the other day. So Juju, do we believe in Juju? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> so sorry, Alex? Not so much for what happened on Thursday. We're, no, we're not sorry. We're not going to lose like every game, man. <laughs> Here is today's show lineup. Former BYU football running back Squally Canada is officially a BYU graduate, first in his family. What's next for him in his football future? And what happened to him during the season that didn't allow him to play for so many games? He what joins happened? us in 15 minutes. BYU women's basketball, Jerem, has now won 11 straight mm-hmm. games. Cooking. What's the chance they'll be ranked in today's new poll? They were one spot outside last week. We'll discuss that in about a half an hour. And a school record, the third best time nationally, All-American Whitney Orton joins us in studio for BYU track and field after a very successful weekend. That also on the way in about 40 minutes. A loaded show. Legit. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU women's basketball. Still undefeated in the West Coast Conference after a win over San Diego in the Slim Jim. 65-56 on Saturday. Shaley Gonzalez led the team with 17 points. Jasmine Moody picked up her first career double-double with 13 points and 12 rebounds. And wouldn't you know, Paisley Johnson. on the show recently. Rocking the BYU Sports Nation karma with dagger threes back-to-back with under two minutes to play. Oh, and then there's this. Charlie Cream's latest bracketology. BYU slated as a 10 seed playing 7 seed Texas in Starkville, Mississippi. Tony Takitaki recorded a tackle in the Senior Bowl Saturday. Takitaki was a late addition to the Senior Bowl after a three-tackle, one-tackle-for-loss performance in the East West Shrine game. So now he gets ready for Pro Day, which is in about two months. 14th-ranked BYU Gymnastics put up a great score and beat Utah State on Kids Day last Friday, 196.450 to 194.850. Shannon Evans led the Cougars and tied her career-high all-around score. A final pass. 
Front layout from full. Solid landing, solid routine from Shannon. Eat your heart out, Princess Peach. <laughs> yeah. I'll have you know, I was Princess Peach last night in a bunch of Mario mini games on the Nintendo Switch. How'd it go? And I dominated my nieces who were all five and under and my daughter. I absolutely dominated them with Princess Peach. And one of my nieces kept thinking it was her. And I was like, yeah, you did it. <laughs> it's well played. And I said, I'm the princess. And they were all very confused. You've always been the princess. What? Women's track and field. Sets a new school record in the distance medley relay, or DMR, this weekend with a time of 10.56.51. The women's team finished 10th overall. Number nine ranked BYU men's team won the Dr. Sander, Taylor Sander? Mm-hmm. Uh, invitational. Congratulations. We will talk to Whitney Orton later in the program. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. What a difference a week can make for BYU men's basketball. Rewind to last Monday. BYU had just been blown out by San Francisco on the hilltop, their first loss ever to San Francisco in their gym since joining the WCC. Now fast forward to today. BYU tied for second place with San Francisco after they beat St. Mary's and then watched San Francisco lose on the road, upset, and St. Mary's lose at Pepperdine, an upset. How have your feelings about BYU basketball changed in the last week, Jerem? So you're telling me BYU lost by 19, and then this week they won by five. I feel better. Yeah. No, it feels really good. Uh, there was some frustration last week because I sat here on this Ramy Umptum and said, BYU needs to at least be competitive. Come on. Uh, then BYU on Thursday dialed in defense, defense home court where they're 10-1, and one, beat St. Mary's. St. Mary's goes to Pepperdine and then loses again. And now uh, at 5-2, and two, San Francisco and BYU sit at second. So that's good. And we've seen the emergence of Gavin Baxter in the last week and a half, the last three games, which has been awesome. He joined us on the program on Friday. Yeah, it is, uh, in fact, as our graphic says, a new week and a new feel. Absolutely. BYU took care of business against St. Mary's. We pinned that as a huge swing game for the Cougars because they were in danger of facing a 4-4 conference mark knowing that Gonzaga is coming to Provo on Thursday if they did not beat the Gales. Whereas they feel good after a Thursday win over St. Mary's. They're 5-2, and and now they have a full week to think about and prepare for Gonzaga. So not saying that this is going to allow BYU to slow down the Zags per se, but man, not knowing that you're still going to have a winning record even if you lose at home to Gonzaga and still be in position to potentially finish in the top two. We'll have more on that in just a moment. Yeah, feelings are good. These are really good. It's hard to win on the road, and BYU has already done that twice in league. Yeah, BYU is 5-0 and on Thursdays this year, 4-0 in league. They've won every single Thursday league game. Gonzaga's on Thursday. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but BYU has played its uh, its best on Thursdays when they've had the five days to prepare. Yes, what this has taught me once again is sports are all about overreaction. It just, especially on a Monday, after a weekend, after a tough loss. That's why it's called overreaction Monday, people. I felt like I reacted properly last week. I didn't I'm not like talking about you specifically. Yeah, losing by 19, you come home, you win by five. I think that was the expected outcome, right? was like, okay, BYU's going to play really well at home against St. Mary's. And BYU did. Oh, they, I expected them well. to win. I expected so, yeah. BYU to win, yeah. I think the reaction's been fair. You, are, are you saying the fans are overreacting? Who are you saying? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So did we overreact to the St. Mary's win as well? It's overreaction Monday. So it's somewhere in the middle of this. 
that's kind of where we probably should keep the emotions after losing by 19 to San Francisco, well, beating St. Mary's yeah. by five. Okay, what, what's in the middle? Because that's likely what it's going to come to. Okay, is finishing second in the West Coast Conference regular season now obtainable for the Brighamites? Oh, man. Yes, Jerem, I think it is. And here's why. Because St. Mary's still has to play San Francisco once and Gonzaga twice. They already have three losses. So if St. Mary's wins every other game except for the three that they won't be favored in, they're 10-6. and six. That's probably best-case scenario for the Gales, 10-6 and six in West Coast Conference play. San Francisco still has to come to Provo. They still have to go to St. Mary's. They still have to play at Gonzaga. Best-case scenario in my mind for the Dons, 11-5. and five. That's if they win every other game they're supposed to, which all of a sudden now has BYU in the conversation for third, maybe second. The Cougars have already played St. Mary's twice. They've already played at San Francisco. They have to play Gonzaga twice, yes, but the Cougars have two losses right now, so let's say they lose both of those. There are four conference losses. And then they have San Francisco at home, which I think they will win. So the most important games for me, for BYU remaining now, are at San Diego and at LMU. If BYU can win one or both of those games, then the Cougars have a legitimate shot to finish in second place with a record of 11-5, and five, best case, I think, 12-4. and four. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think BYU has a legit shot to go 11-5 and five because of how their schedule is set up. They've already played St. Mary's twice. And they've already played at San Francisco, and they're tied for second right now. It is possible if this team becomes a different team on the road. <clears throat> in league play, BYU has proven to be a better road team than it was in non-con. That's because the teams aren't as good. So BYU is doing a better job of winning the games they're supposed to. BYU's winning the Thursday games and on the road. So BYU 2-2 uh, two and two in league on the road as opposed to 0-5 in true away games in non-con. Is it attainable? Absolutely. Um, but you're right. It would require BYU defending home court against San Francisco and then getting at least a split in, in those uh, remaining tough ones you mentioned with LMU and San Diego. Now, I'm with you. And Gonzaga, if you happen to get one of those, that's a, a huge season-defining situation, right, for BYU. If you don't, it's still okay. And let's explain why getting the two is very oh, different man. than getting the three or four. The tournament has gone back to what it used to be. Mark Few, a.k.a. the acting commissioner of the league, during the summer said, uh, you better believe, he said, that they wanted this to be the tournament way. The one and two get a bye all the way to the semis. Three and four come in in the quarters, okay? And then if you're the, the chumps that are five and six, you come in on Friday. And then if you just stink, you're seven through ten, you play on Thursday. So if you're top two, you skip Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you show up Monday and you play. So if BYU could somehow do that, I still think San Francisco is going to finish in second. But I think if BYU could finish in third, there's no difference between third and fourth. Second is attainable, though, if BYU can be better on the road. And I think in league they've shown that they are a better road team than they were in non-con. Yeah, San Francisco has some work to do for sure on the road. they got to play at Gonzaga, at St. Mary's this week, yes, and at BYU. Saturday, that's a big game. St. Mary's, San Francisco. Who do you want in that one? Can both lose? <laughs> I think I'm actually rooting for the Gales. Because they have an extra loss? Yeah. And they have to point. play Gonzaga twice still after that game, which would benefit BYU hypothetically. Yeah, BYU could finish second. That's a really big deal. 
There's no difference between third and fourth. Doesn't matter. There's a chance. After one week, there's a chance. It's hard to win on the road. All right, now to football, Jerem, and no better way to transition than with, well, what we do every show. Countdown to the youths. I didn't know if we were going to say the 100 or what was going on. 213. It's a long ways away. BYU and Utah. It's a long ways away. Opening up the college football season on a Thursday night. You've all heard me say this like 78 times on the program, but we're going to say it at least 200 more times. (laughs) Keep doing the countdown. Probably not that We'll miss more than 13 weekends. Sure, sure. 213 days away from BYU, Utah. The Utes open up a fantastic home schedule for Mm -hmm. the Cougars. Mm -hmm. BYU, of course, will host Utah on that Thursday. Then they have home games with USC, Washington, and Boise State all to follow. We are calling this the core four home games for BYU. Jerem, how many of the core four does BYU need to win? I suppose need is the operative word there. Need for what? A bowl game for a 10-win season? What are we talking about? Let's just talk about for a bowl game, okay? Uh, I have three guaranteed wins on the schedule. That's it. Uh, Liberty, Idaho State, and UMass. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. They're going to have to pay for that the next time. Uh, Three guaranteed wins. I would say you need to win at least one if we're talking about going to a bowl game. Because there's some group of fives, three or four on the road in October that you're hoping to get at least two from. So if you got one in August, September, then I think you're cooking. Two is probably your goal. Three is pretty ambitious. Four is uh, blue goggle. Uh, Yeah, the core four. And listen, if BYU wants to have a winning record at home, they have to win two of the core four home games. Whoa. I I don't know that two is, yeah, two is not crazy, but it's it's ambitious because look who you're playing, right? Because you assume that BYU will pick up a victory over FCS and Liberty, but then they have to beat two of the four in the core to finish with the winning record. Uh, it's going to be hard. That's interesting, it's, isn't it's, it? it's hard. Unless, unless this is a, a kind of a nine-ish win BYU team, then they're going to win two. If it's a seven or eight win regular season BYU team, then one is probably... If we're talking about progress, because that's what it is right now, that's the rhetoric, just getting better. BYU was 4-9, and nine, they got to 7-6, and six. now it's, hey, let's see if the Cougars can win eight games or more. If BYU wants to win eight games, including a bowl game, whatever, they have to win two of the core four. They have to. And who are the most likely? Well, you would think Boise yeah, what, State... Yeah, what's the third most likely home win? Tell me that. Ooh. Because Liberty and... Idaho State. Probably Boise State. Yeah, probably. And then I would go with Utah right then. The the first game, you're you're healthy. Like if if both teams are healthy in that game, it would have been interesting. Utah was pretty banged up in their battery of quarterback and running back. BYU lost that game due to attrition. If Matt Hadley is healthy in that game, if Corbin Kafusi can stay in the whole game, if Isaiah Kafusi doesn't get hurt, I really like BYU holding on to a twenty point lead. I really do. And what will USC bring to Provo? That huge question mark. Like USC could be this like ten win juggernaut. Washington, you'd expect to be good. We just don't know how good. Yeah, or USC could be a seven win team that is going through weird transitioning right. and they're not bought into their head coach and they've got a new but offensive a, a coordinator. A seven win USC team against BYU is uh, that's uh, you know a game you're, you're hoping to make a couple plays and win. Yeah, the core four people. How many do the Cougars need to win for progress or for a bowl game? 
That's the fun part about that discussion. Spencer. We'd also like you to answer our question of the day. How have your feelings about BYU basketball changed over the last week? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At our Green Hot in on Twitter. Not a lot. I still find it hard for BYU to get to 20 regular season wins and still think BYU needs to go to the NIT. St. Mary's was a great win. Knowing what happened in the rest of the league this week gives me hope that BYU can finish second, but unless BYU beats Gonzaga, it's the NIT. Uh, And I would like that because there have been times this season where we thought BYU might not make the NIT. If BYU can be a uh, good road team, even a decent road team, the rest of league play, They'll get 20 wins, they'll get to the NIT, and they'll be in the top three in the league. I think those are your goals. If you don't make the NIT and you are fourth, that is a real setback. But I think that BYU can figure it out and and split with LMU San Diego, and you're in business. Win one of those Beat two San road Francisco games. San Francisco at home. Right? BYU's going to win at Portland. Yes. I was hoping that BYU would win three road games. They've already won two. They're going to beat Portland. They're going to win three. Yeah, BYU's – listen, non-con was tough. Conference has been easier in BYU. And, and, and I'm, still, I'm wondering if BYU loses that 2.8 this season at all. So far, they've shown that actually they're going to be pretty good. But perhaps that's one or two, not the three. Other losses outside of the big two. So outside of Gonzaga, can BYU take care of business and finish 11-5? and five? And would that give them awesome. the two seed? 11-5 yeah. and five would also give them 20 regular season wins going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. That'd be, that'd be great. That'd be great, considering where BYU was. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, what's next for Squally Canada in his football career? The former BYU running back, a recent BYU graduate, joins us next to discuss his injuries and his football future. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, watch and listen to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coach Rose, Jesse Wade, the Gonzaga transfer, and Garrett Fossett join Gregor Bell to discuss Cougar Hoops. Reserve your seat for the show in Studio C right now on BYUCougars.com slash Rose Show. It's tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. You can listen to BYUSN On Demand by simply downloading the podcast. Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience the show whenever, wherever, and however you prefer. Our question of the day. How have your feelings, how have your feelings changed about BYU basketball in the last week? Nathan Farmer on Facebook. Not in the slightest because... That's, that's two saying, nah. It's like they're two different teams at home and on the road. Correct. They need to find that same fire and intensity they play with at home on the road somehow. Now, don't overlook the fact that BYU's already won two road league games. And the two they lost were against the number two and number three teams in the league, if you will. The other four. That's why, to me, LMU and San Diego on the road are like the season-defining games for the Cougars. Yes. BYU survived against uh, Pacific and then pulled away against Pepperdine. So, yeah, just find a way to win. And uh, BYU goes 500 on the road in league, I'd be happy. Yeah, did St. Mary's win at Pepperdine? Nope. Yeah. San Francisco lost, or sorry, won by one at Pacific. It's tough to win on yeah. the road. Frankie, your boy, Frankie Ferrari, had to make a shot at the end. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, now former BYU football running back, Squally Canada, a recent graduate of Brigham Young University. Squally, yeah. welcome to the show. Congratulations on earning your degree. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate that a lot. 
Now, we know that you got a lot of run on social media after you posted that, and you said you were the first in your family. Explain what that feeling was like when you got that degree and you saw that image and, and knew that I survived. I did all the homework. It's <laughs> over. It felt, it felt good, man. No, how hard, like how challenging the school was to, to make it through having such an academic schedule and then on top of that playing football as well. You know, at times I would call some of my friends and my mom and dad and tell them, like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> like, like it's, it's tough. But um, uh, I just remember talking to my close friends and my fam telling me, you know, you're, you're close. You only got such and such credits left. Just finish it. And so when I finally got it and I seen it on paper, I was like, man, this is so real. Now I'm just waiting for the hard copy. This is getting shipped to my house, and my mom's gonna frame it and everything, of course. But it's just a, it's a really, it's a really good thing for for myself, my future family, and my current family. That's awesome, and congratulations, man. Uh, you're you're uh, in Miami right now, uh, training. Tell us how training's going, and kind of what's next for you. Uh, training's going good. I'm I'm really liking it out here. I'm out here with some great athletes. Everybody's pushing each other, meeting some great people. Um, it's just a. I'm at Pete Bomarito. It's a great place to train. It's, I just love the atmosphere. It's, it's sunny right now, too. I know y'all probably out there in the snow. So, <laughs> it's, 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 it's great weather out here. Hey, you've earned the sunshine after four years of living in Provo and, and having to survive that homework <laughs> run for sure. Uh, I want to talk about uh, just the health concerns that you went through and pushed through this season. And, and perhaps people don't know, but aside from maybe like half of the Arizona game, you were battling injuries all year, and still you put together some remarkable performances early in the season. Walk us through your health timeline through the course of this last BYU football season. Okay, well, to begin with, I never was healthy the whole season. So I was healthy in fall camp, and then crazy incident happened. Uh, Wednesday practice before Arizona. It was a pile-up. I tried to jump over the pile. I landed, and somebody rolled on my ankle. So I had a bad low ankle sprain that Wednesday. I didn't practice Thursday and Friday. I did rehab all day. And once I got to Arizona, I did rehab all day there too. So then I went to the game. Ankle was feeling great. That was the first injury. And then um, fast forward, if we played, who we play? Arizona and who else did we play after that? Cal. There's Arizona. Cal. Cal. So Cal, I ended up getting turf toe against Cal. But I didn't say anything to the – I told him my side of my foot was hurting they went and got an x-ray, nothing showed up on my foot, and then results came back, and they said, you got turf toe, but you never said anything about it. I was like, well, I was just trying to play through it. I don't want to you know, say anything. So they said I was diagnosed with turf toe, so I was playing with a bum ankle and turf toe. And then I ended up going into Washington, ended up getting a concussion. I tried to rush back again the next week against Utah State. Um, bumped my head, hit on the ground again, and they pulled me out, and they sent me down again. And then UMass, I tried to come back and um, ended up hitting my head on the ground again. So it was just it was just terrible events for me. So against Arizona, you're telling me you had a low ankle sprain and then you ran for 99 yards and three touchdowns. How'd you do that? Uh, just, three days later, I really just I really just wanted to win. You know, I want to I want to I really want to play for my teammates and win to show everybody that we you know we're we're here and that we're a different team and. You know, things didn't go the way I wanted the season as far as our as far as the team performance. I wasn't too happy with our record. I felt like we could play better in some games and whatnot. But for that game I just wanted to show and prove to everybody that this is not the same team from last year. Squally Canada with us on BYU Sports Nation. 
Well, Squally, if Arizona weren't enough after the Cal game, you show up at Madison in Wisconsin. You outrush Jonathan Taylor. And run all over the Badgers. How in the world did you pull that off with turf toe and a low ankle sprain? I just wanted to win, man. Like, I remember uh, the first the first one run I had, the dude rolled up on my ankle again. Uh, you see me hop up, and then I went back in and scored the touchdown. And then um, as a second half, as we're coming to the end of the first half, uh, the runner, the coach, Coach Stewart, was trying to put me in the game. And I told him, like, look, I think we should just rest me the rest of this half because my ankle is killing me right now. And he was like, okay, but I'm going to need the second half. And I was like, I'm going to be ready. So come second half, just just letting that rest for like a good 15 minutes or however long I had, if I got back to normal. So once I got back to normal, I taped it up some more and I went out the second half. I didn't feel anything. I had so much adrenaline rushing. And, you know, during a game like that, you don't really care about turn two or, or a bum ankle. You're trying to win. So that's exactly what I tried my best to do. This is crazy. And when you did, my friend, 121 yards, as Jerem said, you outrushed Jonathan Taylor by three yards on his home field. And nobody had any idea. How do you keep from saying something to the general public about what you're going through? I mean, it doesn't, it's excuses. You know, so the way I see it, if you're on that gridiron, you got you to gotta play. Nobody, nobody's going to really care about if you're hurt or not. I'm, but then from a different perspective, you know, scouts are going to watch film and say, oh, he's, he looks like this, he looks like that. And that's, that's, that's what I have to live with is what I put on film. Um, and then on, on top of that, when I got here to Pete, Pete's place, they were telling me that my knee, I didn't have any flexibility or rotation in my knee, and they were shocked that I played with all three of these injuries. So it's just, it's just really for the love of the game. That's incredible. Um, now, now we now we kind of can look back on the season seven and six. You know, really nice finish, especially with Zach Wilson's eighteen for eighteen. We're always going to remember that. Beating Wisconsin was awesome. What are your feelings about the twenty eighteen uh, season? Your final season at BYU. I, uh, for my final season or the next season coming up? Uh, the, the season as a whole. How'd you feel about uh, your team and how you guys did? I feel like we, we battled through some games. It was it was a lot of ups and downs. But I think that team was probably like the most well-rounded team that I've been a part. Like the night before we played Wisconsin, uh, the year before, the night before we played Wisconsin, you could just feel the nerves and everybody was kind of timid and didn't know what to expect. And, but the night before we played Wisconsin this year, it was a whole different feeling. Like everybody was loose. And people were like, you know, we just got at Wisconsin tomorrow. It didn't hit us. Nobody realized that they were like the number 16 in the country at the time or whatever they were ranked. We were just like, okay, this is Wisconsin. So that's kind of like how we were going. Everybody was just seeing people for, we got this, we can handle this. But, you know, injuries happened. We lost people along the road. Um, we had some inconsistent games. I kind of wish we were a little bit more consistent, but I love those guys. And that team really battled everything out in every game. Everybody fought as hard as we could. And I, I wouldn't trade that team for anything, man. I love those guys. Squally Canada with us on BYU Sports Nation discussing the previous BYU football season, his senior year. And now let's talk about the future, specific to your running back position at BYU with Lopini Katoa and company. What is the future of the BYU running back like right now under running backs coach A.J. Stewart? The future is big, man. Coach Stewart is going to continue to push those guys. Um, Zach he had a great fresh retro freshman year. He had got a lot of experience within that year. And 
that's really going to help the team out, having a back right there that has some experience, along with Zach Wilson. And then Coach Grimes, you know, coaching coaching up coaching up Zach. And then he's being in the consistent uh, offense that's going to be built around him. That's going to make the offense even more explosive. So Zach, over the years, if he doesn't go on a mission or anything, and he stays in a consistent offense with uh, Katoa, Zach Wilson and Zach Katoa, those two guys together, man, is going to be is going to be some explosives coming out that backfield. Zach and Zach, or Zach and Lopini, whatever. I call, uh, I call I call I call them the Zach attack when they first got. Yes, I, yes, yeah. Maybe we just ignore him saying what his name is. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we didn't call you Bryant. We called you Squally, right? Yeah, exactly. We uh, can, no, I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna see the dreadlocks come back, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got my dreads back. Okay, yeah. okay, they're back as so, you train. Tweet, tweet us a photo can we, so we can see what you look like now. Yeah, I, I'm going I'm to I'm tweet you guys a photo. I just got them refreshly done, nice little haircut, too, so yeah. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Let's talk about uh, what you want to do with your football career, that you have pro aspirations. And now with uh, the implementation of a new stateside league as well as Canadian Football League, of course, you, if you want to play in the NFL, you want to go that route. What do you think about your future chances to play professional football? Uh, right now, you know, just being realistic, I want to play in the NFL, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm going to get drafted or anything. So right now, I'm, my goal is to meet all my goals for my pro days. I'm not going to, you know, put my goals out there right now, but to have an explosive pro day, put up some great numbers, and then try to go free agent or any any type of late round, hopefully, or if I don't even go free agent, at least get invited to a mini camp and dominate at the mini camp. So that's one of my goals is to make it onto the team. And then after I make it onto the team, you know, if God bless me enough to, to have the opportunity, you know, I can I can handle the rest and, and show guys that show the coaches and the GMs that I'm able to play at that level. But if that doesn't happen, um, you know, like you said, there's the AAF, there's the Canadian Football League. So I'm gonna continue to try football until I'm 26. But along along the side while I'm doing that, I plan to go and get my master's or go to music school and get my degree in music. So I plan to continue to go to school and have that as a backup plan. You've got a great plan, and we're excited to watch it. Let's finish with this. We only have 30 seconds. What do you think of the perceived talent gap, gap between BYU and Utah, Squally? <laughs> <laughs> you said, you said the, I'm sorry, what did you say? What do you think of the perceived talent gap between BYU and Utah? You sent a tweet out oh, recently, and it got oh a little bit of a run. They, yeah, they're trying, they're trying to say they were way more talented than us. If that's the case, if you're way more talented than us, then why, why are you all in a dogfight? Like, if you're, if you're that much talented, then people, you will be shutting them out. But that's not the case. Oh, we love it so much. Squally, this was a great conversation. We appreciate the insight to what you went through and what you've accomplished and, and what you seek to accomplish. Um, I know that BYU Sports Nation collectively is uh, loving every second of it. And let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma so you can stay healthy, so you can train well, and you can hit your pro day marks. All right, thank you. You got it, Squally. Thanks for the time, man. Squally Canada on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Incredible. He sprained his ankle for the uh, Arizona game. I, 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 we knew he was hurt. We didn't know the specifics. And in season, they don't want to talk about it. But now that we're done, uh, pretty crazy, right? What Turf toe against Cal. Had his ankle rolled up again Concussion at Wisconsin. Twice. Concussion against Washington. Concussion yeah. against UMass. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. And, uh, yeah, knee, knee injury, but 
Now he's uh, now he's grown his dreadlocks out and he's he's good. So he's in Miami. Awesome. He's in and, Miami. And he got a degree. Fantastic. Coming up, BYU Women's Track Distant Bendley Relay Team sets a new school record. Whitney Orton will join us. And what's the chance BYU has another nationally ranked team by the end of the day? There are a handful already. This is BYU Sports Nation. Coming up Wednesday, February 6th, celebrate National Signing Day with us on a special two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation as we introduce you to the newest BYU football players with Kalani Sataki and many others. It's BYU Football Signing Day, February 6th, 12 to 2 Eastern Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation rolls on with your headlines once again. BYU Women's Basketball. Still unbeaten in the West Coast Conference, 9-0 after a win at San Diego, 65-56 last Saturday. Shaley Gonzalez led the Cougars. The freshman phenom with 17 points. Jasmine Moody picked up her first career double-double with 13 points, 12 rebounds. And Paisley Johnson with the BYU Sports Nation Karma made some dagger threes late. In Charlie Cream's latest bracketology, BYU slated as a 10-seed playing number 7-seed Texas in Starkville. Does Texas want that matchup? I don't know. You'd have to ask Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Sione Takitaki recorded a tackle in the Senior Bowl Saturday. Takitaki was a late add to the Senior Bowl after a three-tackle, one-tackle for loss performance in the East-West Shrine game. I was a little late on that. I was supposed to say, all right, all right, all right. Right? Yes. Is that what you wanted me to do? I'm sorry. That's like any time with Drake. It's like, started from the bottom, now we're here. It's like, say the other line. That's, <laughs> uh, that's all you want to know. Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> 14th ranked BYU Gymnastics. They're up two spots, by the way, from 16 after beating Utah State 196.450 to 194.850, dominating home performance. Shannon Evans led the Cougars and tied her career-high all-around score. I thought the Cougars played tremendous defense in that meet. The beam fence was outstanding. The beam fence was dope. Yes. Women's track and field set a school record in the DMR, that is distance medley relay, this weekend with a time of 10.56.51. Women's team finished 10th overall, while 9th-ranked BYU men won the Dr. Sander, Taylor Sander uh, Invitational in New York, New York. A great weekend for BYU sports overall, and it got me thinking, man, there are a bunch of ranked teams on campus right now. Men's volleyball, climbing the poles, uh, women's track and field, men's track and field. And then you get to BYU women's basketball. One spot out last week. They are the topic of a Monday edition of What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Okay, so men's and women's track and field, men's volleyball, women's gymnastics. Jerem, what's the chance BYU women's basketball is ranked in the top 25 by the end of the day. 100% uh, because 25th ranked Missouri split the week. So perhaps they drop out. They lost at uh, number 15, Kentucky. Number 22, Florida State, by the way, split the week, lost to number four, Louisville. Tennessee's right behind BYU. Uh, two out, they split, lost to Notre Dame, who's number one at home. So I think BYU will be in. Yeah, perhaps at number 25, but who cares? If you're in the top 25, you're in the top 25. Yeah, it's been seven years. We are not picky. More importantly is where, is where BYU is in bracketology. Like, a ranking is definitely cool, um, but in basketball, it's more about bracketology to me. Sure, and that takes us to our next what's the chance question, Jerem. BYU Hoops gets a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. Right now, they're a projected 10 seed facing 7 seed Texas in Starkville. I go 31%. BYU has been tremendous through half of the league schedule. 
Um, yet BYU's not blowing out a lot of teams. Uh, seven of the nine games were single digits. Three of the uh, games were decided by three or fewer. So the margins are there to where you could drop a one or two or whatever or three. Who knows? But BYU's playing good ball. I go 31%. Single digit would be tremendous. I'd take a 10 seed. Yeah, really the question is what percent chance does BYU have of beating Gonzaga in Spokane or probably in the West Coast Conference Tournament? Because I think that BYU has to beat Gonzaga again if they want a single digit seed. Beating Gonzaga in Spokane is pretty crazy. They packed the house. BYU's never won there. It's not even been close, actually. So BYU has a better chance of getting them in Vegas. Um, and the fact that BYU and got they've them had one- some success against them yeah, in Vegas. Absolutely. BYU uh, women's hoops is tremendous in Vegas. Really good. Really good. So that to me is, so what percent chance do I give BYU to beat Gonzaga one more time? Because I think that's what it's going to take to get a single-digit seed. I'd probably go like 40%. Okay. Yeah, winning in Spokane I, is so tough. I'm not worried about what seed BYU would get. If BYU makes the NCAA tournament, I'm happy. Success. It does not matter. It does not matter. Uh, you were ranked and you got into the NCAA tournament? That's a fantastic yeah. season. Yes. Uh, it'd be awesome. By the way, uh, we asked earlier in the program how many core four, that is Utah, Tennessee, no, no, uh, Utah, USC, Washington, Boise State. Yes. Uh, of the four good home games, really good home games. Yes. Do you think BYU will win? Okay. And so far, the winner is two games at 49%. 49% of you think that BYU will two win two. two of those core four home games. I think that's the goal. Yeah, get two. Three is ambitious, and four is insane. If BYU wants to win eight games, <laughs> they got to win two of the core four home. And, and you bring up the bigger goal. I think eight's the goal. Eight sure. is, is the include the bowl game. That's the minimum threshold, in my opinion, of a good college football. And it's progress for BYU coming sure. off of a 7-6 and six season. Yes. Yes. You won't always win more than you did the year before. But in this case, where you won one more game over 500, I think that's fair goal. Sure. Our question of the day. How have your feelings about BYU basketball changed over the last week? Brent Robinson answers on Facebook. Not quite as skeptical. Their desire and intense focus has really come through in the last few games. Keep up the good work. Yeah, we have no question about BYU at home. It's BYU on the road, and uh, they've been improved in league play, which is great. BYU has two home games this week, starting with Gonzaga, 11 p.m. Eastern tip on Thursday on the ESPN2, and then on BYU TV hosting LMU, Saturday 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time. So get at least one this week. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. That will get happen. Get it Saturday and then get it Thursday. So you oh, like, stay, uh, unde- what, what? stay undefeated in conference on Thursday, right? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be incredible. Okay, just for <laughs> that fun, would be, future topic. Be we need insane. to throw this out. Future topic. If BYU beats Gonzaga on Thursday, then what? Is there a glimmer of hope at getting into oh, the NCAA it? tournament? Oh, okay. <laughs> Coming up, no, it's over. Coming up, BYU Golf's Peter Quest is ranked fourth nationally, just like Gonzaga. He and the Cougars are on the course now, beginning their spring season. Update coming up in the win. Great weekend on the track for the Cougars. All-American Whitney Orton helped break a school record. She's in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Men's Hoops hosts fourth-ranked Gonzaga Thursday. The Zags won 10 in a row this season. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. 
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. How have your feelings about BYU basketball like changed about in the last week? Lay down on a couch. Tell me how you feel. Tell, tell me how it's about going. BYU hoops. Progress. Doug Heath on Facebook. I feel way better. Beating St. Mary's always feels good. It yes. also seems like BYU's going in the right direction, while St. Mary's and San Francisco may be going in the wrong direction, giving us a solid shot at number two. That's what we discussed. Uh, does BYU have a shot at it? Yeah. But but BYU's going to have to probably win a road game that is unexpected. That's the key. Of those three teams, BYU has seemingly the easiest remaining conference schedule because they've already played St. Mary's twice and played at San Francisco. Yeah, I would agree with that. San Francisco has to go on the road. They played against uh, the other three. Two of those three have been at home. Yeah. Join the conversation 24-7 on social media using the hashtag BYUSN. We bring in our next guest with today's record-breaking stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. All-American Whitney Orton now holds not one, but two BYU school records, the DMR, which they set over the weekend, and the Indoor Mile. So, Whitney, uh, how does it feel to have two school records instead of just one now? Two's always better than one, so... (laughs) I don't know. It's yes, good. two is better than one. I believe Taylor Swift taught me that in a yes. song recently. <laughs> but she was featured because it was boys like girls. They were the ones that, yeah. Yeah, g- yeah. give the credit to the, the real boys band. Like girls, right? Featuring okay. T-Swift. By the way, Whitney is the pride of Penguich, Utah. And oh, let's talk about Penguich. Yes. Yeah. Has opted for track and field, though you were a multi-sport star in high school. How'd you settle on track and field instead of volleyball or basketball or anything else that you did well? Hmm. Well, track really wasn't my favorite in high school. It's not, I don't know, it's just not as fun. Like, if you like, think about it, basketball is, like, so fun, volleyball fun. Just fun, you know? <laughs> but um, I think I just had more potential in track, and it was just better opportunity for me. So I think you made the right decision. Do you think it's fun now? Yes, I actually okay. love it now. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's not fun to have school records. We broke records. It's not whatever. fun to dominate. Yeah. Uh, um, let, let's do, let's dive into Penguich, though. What's yeah? What, what's the best what, thing about Penguich? Best thing about Penguich? Yeah, sell us on Penguich. Okay, Penguich, Penguich, Utah. Okay. Um, the people are so great, honestly. Like, yeah, like they're just all so genuine, and everyone just loves you there, and you just feel so much love there. I don't know. It's just a different vibe. For those that don't know where it is, how would you explain getting to Penguin? I'm not sure I know where it is, and I'm from Utah. I've done this probably a million times since (laughs) I've been here. (laughs) I say Southern Utah first because no one knows where Penguin is. Right. And then I say Penguin, and then everyone's like, what the heck is that? And I say, (laughs) do you know where Bryce Canyon is? And they say, oh, yeah, I know where that is. And then I say it's 20 minutes from there. Or if you've gone to Lake Powell... You drive through Penguin a lot of times. Yes, there you go. Know. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Home yeah. of Whitney Orton. Awesome. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the distance medley relay. You guys, uh, I, I think I said New York. You guys were in Seattle. Uh, most of the team was in New York, but you guys were in Seattle. You break the school record with a 10.56.51. Erica Burke Jarvis, Elena Ellsworth, Lauren Ellsworth Barnes. Are they sisters? Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. And then uh, you. What was it like to break the school record? That's a big deal. Dude, it was so fun. I don't know. Like, it was just cool to watch because I was the first, like, so I got to watch everyone else run. And, like, they just ran so, like, fearlessly. Like, it was so cool to watch. Like, you can just see it in someone's eyes when you can tell that they're going to, like, go. And I was just like, okay, they're doing it. They did did awesome. Did you realize in the middle of that when you saw their eyes that, hey, this could be something special? Yeah. Like, I don't know. We kind of knew anyway because we're with each other in practice every day and we know, like, how our workout's been going, and we know how good 
each other are because yeah but yeah you could just tell you have to set the tone so at any point in your leg did you think okay i feel really good and i i did my job like what what were you thinking during your first opening leg um i was just i knew because coach taylor kind of told me before she's like okay you need to run like really fast and like (laughs) (laughs) it's great coaching hey hey i need to run fast you're like okay i'll do it yeah and she's like it's gonna hurt really bad so it's just it's nice when she prepares you like that Mm. because sometimes like you're not ready and then it hits you and you're like oh shoot like i'm not prepared for this so yeah it was good she prepared me and it it did hurt how did it hurt like in your lungs your legs what are we talking about uh, just everywhere. When I was done with the race, like my voice was gone. You know, like you get that track hack. You know, track hack. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I That's love great. this terminology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so you run. Explain the DMR. I don't. I didn't really know it very well, but you start with a twelve hundred leg, like, mm-hmm. three laps, right? Then, a, then a four hundred, an eight hundred, and a sixteen hundred. Mm-hmm. So, how did you choose who goes where? Because you're the indoor mile record holder, but you didn't run the mile. You ran the twelve hundred. Well, Erica definitely has more strength than I do. As you can see from cross country, like she just killed it and got seventh in the nation, so she's pretty good. You she's know? legit. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's. I'm. I think I. I think the twelve hundred is probably the perfect distance for me, but they don't actually have that in an actual race. I I love the twelve hundred. I think it's great. So, yeah, I think that's probably how we decided, and we knew she could run a freaking good mile. So it's pretty much the same. Okay, you're a first team All American. Um, you took seventh place at uh, the 2018 NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships in the mile. Yet with this distance medley relay and the new school record and the third best time in the country, I mean, you got to be top 12 to get to the NCAA championships, but I'm gathering that you don't have just a goal to get to the championships. You, you have bigger aspirations. What are those aspirations? I'm a little bit, like I don't like to say sometimes, you know, but... It's just course, us. No one's, no one's listening or watching. It's just no us. One, yeah, no one else. <laughs> um, of course, I want to do better than last year. So there's, I don't know, definitely got some high goals going into it. Well, good luck. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Yes. Let's get your signature. And uh, it looks like your next meet is the Iowa State Classic, 8th through the 9th of February. Mm-hmm. Okay, good luck there. Yep, thank you so much. Whitney, thanks for coming on the show. Whitney from Panguitch, Utah to Ames, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> She's hey. not going to run. <laughs> She's not going to run what? She's not two run aims? Two aims. Is that what you're saying? No. Okay, yeah, they'll take a plane. Yeah. Yes. Ed Eystone's got the money. Come on. <laughs> Coming up, Eric Meek is making a good impression on his new team, but did he outscore the Jimmer? Ooh. And an update on 16th ranked BYU men's golf. Another ranked team, Jerem. They're on the course in Arizona. The whip is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests. Now former BYU football running back Squally Canada and All-American for track and field Whitney Orton. If you Language. miss any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, who is not from Panguitch. Let's whip it. <laughs> it's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Women's basketball. Los Cougadores beat San Diego 65-56 Saturday to remain unbeaten in league play. In Charlie Cream's latest bracketology, BYU, a 10-seed playing 7-seed Texas. In Starkville, Mississippi, we will see if BYU is ranked today. Football. Shone Takitaki recorded a tackle in the Senior Bowl Saturday. Takitaki was a late addition to the Senior Bowl after a three-tackle, including a tackle for lost performance in the East-West Shrine game. Now is he going to get drafted? Gymnastics. 16th ranked BYU beat Utah State 196 4 5. 
0 to 194 850 Friday. Shannon Evans led the Cougars' entire career all-around score. Eat your heart out, Princess Peach. Track and field. Women's track and field set a school record in the distance medley relay, yeah. or DMR. That is a 1,200, 400, 800, and then the anchor leg is a mile. 10 minutes, 56 seconds, 51 hundredths. The women's team finished 10th overall, while ninth-ranked men's team won the Dr. Sander Invitational. Jimmer! For that, score 28, grab six boards, dish out six assists, and a 1 of 3 97 Shanghai Sharks loss to the Xinjiang Flying Tigers. Cougars in pro hoops. Eric Mika scored 23 points, grabbed six rebounds, had two assists in a 93 90 Medi Bayreuth loss in Germany. Volleyball. Don't call me Dr. Taylor Sander and Sada Volley win the Copa Brasil Campeonato in three sets. Sander had 10 points in the championship. Golf. At the Arizona Invitational. Currently, Kelton Hirsch tied for fifth at two under through 10 holes in the first round. Peter Quest tied for 22nd and is even through nine holes. Swimming and diving. Lost Utah Saturday, but senior Peyton Sorensen of the men's team and freshman Gwen Gustafson of the women's team picked up wins in the free 50 free and the 100 event. Tennis. 68th ranked BYU. Men's tennis upset number 37, Old Dominion. 4-2 at the ITA kickoff weekend. Take that, Monarchs. Three doubles wins, two singles wins. Squad two win. Cougars lost to Colorado. (laughs) One nothing Saturday. I went to the game. Awesome. There were so many people there. Next game at Weber State, February 15th. Oh, that's really good. Very hockey. Love it. Today's rise and shout goes to all of the ranked teams on campus, Jerem. Yeah, maybe women's hoops today. Does men's tennis qualify at number 68 as a ranked team? Yeah, they're ranked. Okay, technically they're ranked. The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. How do you feel about BYU basketball? Shay Lawrence, he says, feeling good about the team right now. Three out of the next four games are at home. The only road game in Portland. Also feeling good about women's basketball breaking into the top 25 this week. Breaking in. Yes, love it. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Haley Steed. Go Cougs. Seven years of BYU.